1: Today on the Zadecast I've been saying for a while now, if Tom Brady ends up leaving New England, I'll be sitting like an eager dog, waiting for Seth Wickersham or Don Van Atta to drop their 10,000-word story on it. Well, guess what? Dinner is served. Speaking of Brady, did you know they redid the actual Brady Bunch house? Also, Big Ben has surfaced, and whoa! What's that? Your Corona Apocalypse Boredom Buster is hot and fresh, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Monday, March twenty third, twenty twenty. Thank you for joining me. Hope you are being productive and making the most of your time. Not having a life—that's essentially what it is. Toughest part of all of this is the uncertainty, I believe. And obviously fear and concern for your loved ones and others and concern for the economy and your job and everything else. And I think what we really want, what we need, is a timeline. You know, we need a plan. But, you know, pandemics don't say, well, here's a simple timeline. Here's how it works. It's not how life is. So you just got to be mentally tough. This is an exercise in strengthening your mental resolve. And things that are good for mental health include exercising, getting outside for fresh air, conversation with friends and loved ones, uh, doing things to keep busy, all those things. So try to do as much of that as you can. That's my little helpful tip. And of course, listen to the Zabecast. Personally, my mood has been swinging all over the place. From one end of the spectrum to the other. From insanely upbeat and optimistic on Friday evening to absolutely glum and disastrous thinking later on during the weekend. And I don't know where it is right now. It'll change every five minutes. The hardest thing is for me to try to go out and hunt for stories and things to to bring to the podcast here while consciously avoiding consuming and over-consuming coronavirus news. It's hard to navigate the two. Anyway, um... I've also been motivated at times. and like, okay, let's do this, do this, do this. And then other times I'm sitting around like a zombie. Uh, I would imagine your experience might be similar to that. So with that said, it is day 11 of our no sports sentence, no timeline on parole. And we'll get it done. We'll get it done. What's most important, Lou Saban? You can get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. Exactly. Tom Brady is out. Of New England. We knew that last week, but now the Seth Wickersham article for ESPN.com is out and it has some spectacular nuggets in it. Wickersham lays it all out and really starts digging into this by writing the following quote. Nobody knows what motivates great athletes. It's as mysterious and as unique as their own DNA. Brady has struggled to explain it for himself. Sometimes the motivation came from anger that he was draft pick number 199. By the way, he was supposed to be 199. Look at that combine footage. Look at his fucking body. He was good at Michigan. He didn't light it up. He was drafted where he should have been. He just outperformed it. Uh, also uh, motivated at other times for understanding and learning why he was pick number 199. But in interviews with people close to Brady, team and league executives, coaches and owners involved in the Brady sweepstakes, it's clear that there's a feeling that Brady is still chasing. And he has been chasing for years. Not just to prove the Patriots wrong, but to find, no, rediscover, writes Wickersham, an essential version of himself. He writes, there have been many moments in recent years when the relationship between Brady and the Pats had been strained. In the years following his knee surgery in 2008, where he spent more time in LA and less in Foxborough, it culminated in a quote-unquote disconnect. Contract talks in June 2010 during Deflategate when many close to Brady felt that Kraft and Belichick had left him alone to take the fall, even after he had defended the franchise during Spygate and throughout his career. But it all reached a fever pitch in the fall of 2017. The team was defending its fifth Super Bowl. And for the first time, Brady used his platform to advocate a philosophy other than the Patriot way. He used it to advocate his own business, TB12 Sports, and its accompanying book, The TB12 Method, which he wrote with the help of his trainer and friend, Alex Guerrero. The issues in the Patriots' building caused by The method, writes Wickersham, and how it pitted players against the team's training staff, and how Belichick felt forced to curtail Guerrero's access, are all widely reported and well-known, but the heart of the problem between Brady and Belichick in late 2017 was the same as it was in March of 2020. Brady wanted a contract extension. He made it clear he was playing football until his mid-40s. He preferred to sign a deal to ensure that he retired a Patriot. But if the team refused, he was fine moving on. He wanted clarity. He met with Belichick and the meeting ended up, ended with a blowup, according to a source. Oh God, I wish, please, somebody tell me there's hidden cameras in that room. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Uh, He wanted clarity, ended with a blowup. He met with Kraft. He got mixed signals. Wickersham says, we listened as those close to Brady insisted he would be the first to go. Tom Brady Sr. once told me that once Belichick found a quarterback, quote, who is better for a dollar less, Tom is gone. Brady Sr. also told, uh, I believe that was one of the writers in one of the pieces, quote, it will end badly. (laughs) Yeah. There's a saying though about things ending badly. Of course things end badly. If they're going good, they don't end. (laughs) Some close to Brady actually look forward to that day in a weird way, writes Rickersham, believing that the team would collapse without him, without the human backstop who bailed out everyone's mistakes, who helped Belichick to all but two of his winning seasons as a head coach, and who engineered five Super Bowl wins when trailing or tied in the fourth quarter. That is a hell of a point and cannot be overstated. NBC Sports Boston reported that last August, Brady was prepared to walk out of camp in anger. Eventually, though, he signed a new deal spun as an extension. It was, in reality, a one-year deal, which could void at the end of the year. He put his Brookline, Massachusetts home up for sale, and so did Guerrero. A quarterback who once starred in a cheeky comedy sketch in which he yelled, I'm the fucking quarterback, would now refer to himself as just a, quote, Patriots employee. This year was not fun and Brady didn't feel appreciated. In the words of a confidant, he was saying, why am I doing this? The Patriots defense was winning games, but the offense was stagnant. Brady told friends that he felt Belichick had taken the offense for granted because of how good it had been for so long. Brady told NBC that he was, quote, the most miserable 8-0 quarterback in the NFL. This, of course, after Brady fully signed on to Antonio Brown and let him stay at his house briefly before things started falling apart. He felt like the organization didn't back him up when he was backing up Antonio Brown to be like, come on, man, this guy can help us win another Super Bowl. Anyhow, the uh, Chronicle Wickersham does the uh, ending against Tennessee, the pick six, which would have been an awful way for him to end his career. But... Maybe not as awful as a bad year in Tampa. We'll see what this year brings. The air left the wet stadium from the stands down to the Pats sideline. Brady misfired on third down, and the Pats walked off the field. This was on the Edelman drop, by the way. On the next possession, he threw a desperation pick six. And so there it was, says Wickersham. After 19 years of excellence, after nine Super Bowl appearances and six wins, after Moe Lewis, after the tuck rule game and the spike in the snow, after throttling the greatest show on turf, after Vinatieri's clutch kicks, after the intentional safety on a Monday night against the Broncos, after Dion Branch, after Champ Bailey's pick in 06, after Troy Brown forced Marlon McCree to fumble, after blowing a 21-3 to lead to the Colts, after Spygate, after 16-0 and in the helmet catch, after Matt Castle's 11-5 and year, after Mario Manningham, after the comeback against the Saints, after on to cincinnati after the baltimore formation malcolm butler to deflate gate 28 to 3 the tb12 method jimmy g the philly special d ford lining up offside after all the glory and fines and suspensions tom brady and bill belichick's patriots were exhausted it was over <laughs> that's good stuff I know that sounded like a lot of reading, and I apologize for that, but that actually is just a few excerpted highlights, and now you don't have to read it if you don't want. Speaking of Brady, I had no idea that they did this, but did you know that they, uh, that they, that HGTV swooped in and bought the old Brady Bunch house? Which you'll hear in this uh, little thing from Rachel Ray, they, they bought the actual house because it was for sale after many years, and they decided to trick it out inside so that it was exactly like the soundstage where the TV show was actually filmed over somewhere in Los Angeles and nowhere near the actual house. Here, take a listen.
0: Our next guest might be the most famous television siblings in history. They're together again for the most buzzed-about makeover of the year, or maybe ever, the Brady House. Take a look. Here's the story
1: of a TV family. Funny song. Who
0: we all thought lived inside this famous home. But the real house we all remember was not at all a show. So we bought the place and brought back all the Brady's Who know every room and corner in and out And we paired them with the HGTV family That's the way we all remade the Brady House The Brady House The Brady House
1: All the Brady characters, it's the kids, by the way. The parents, I think, are all dead, as is Alice.
2: Everybody knows that
0: song. Everybody knows that song. song. Mm -hmm. How did this come to be? Who wants to jump in? Like, how did the whole show come to be? Serendipity. if you might remember, last August, Mm. the Brady House went up for sale. What is the Brady House? Well, it's the establishing shot in the show. When you come back from commercial break, you see the the home. You know you're back Mm -hmm. in the Brady home. It's a picture. It's a picture. That's all. And... That picture was of a house that we never worked in. But America weird? and even our own friends thought right. that maybe we did because we should buy it. I think every one of us got text Oh, friends, right. oh you should buy the house. <laughs> you should buy it, the house. It's up on the market. <laughs> Don't you want
2: to buy it? I'm like, it, no. <laughs> no. So it was,
0: it was up for sale and was up for the highest bidder. Lance Bass was very active on social media <laughs> saying he thought he bought it. Turned out some corporate entity had outbid him. And it turns out that that corporate entity was HG. They're the only ones that could have pulled this off. Right, really, yeah. exactly. At, right. The, at the time, we were kind of pulling for Lance because, see, he knows all the Brady Bunch choreography. Oh. So he can do all <laughs> he the, moves. He can the moves. Yes. We knew he, he would the love the house. I have not yes. see him do the moves, though. Right. But well, we what's will. amazing is that they turned it into the exact set. It is so real that we forget we're, that we're not on stage five. Absolutely. So, and you guys had hands on time in all of these episodes. Yes. 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 We're handy. I was just going to say, who, would, who turned out to be the handiest? Well, you.
1: you ought to see Maureen McCormick <coughs> with a jackhammer.
0: Right. right. Ooh, yeah, baby. Yeah, Watch like... out. <laughs> it was so much you really fun. You got to use a jackhammer? I did. I will teach you. I enough. love this.
1: Now, for those that are too young to have remembered the Brady Bunch, you got to understand, the interior set, the interior design of that house was nothing short of every suburban kid's wet dream house. It was spectacular in its uniqueness with this giant double-storied open air concept or open space concept with a big staircase that angled up to a landing from above, a beautiful stone fireplace if I recall correctly and I may not, as well as a special little attic space where you could go up into as well. I'm not sure if they, anyone slept up there or not, but I mean, it was great. And a backyard to play in. And of course, he was in Southern California because the establishing shot showed like the San Gabriel Mountains in the background. And it's just like, wow. If you could only live in a house like that and only have parents as stern but as loving as the new mixed family parents of the Brady Bunch with a housekeeper as well. Uh, I, this aired in September, I believe it was, or at least that U- YouTube clip was there. So I'm going to have to look up online the actual uh, episode from HGTV, but, uh, there you go in other quarterback news from Tom Brady to the Brady bunch to big Ben, big Ben decided to go ahead and issue his hello from quarantine with his family. And here's what it sounded like.
3: Hey everyone, Ben Roethlisberger here. Just wanted to take a moment to make a quick video to let everyone know that we're doing well here, locked down in the house, and um, let everyone know we're thinking about them and praying for everyone. And um, if you absolutely have to leave your house, which we encourage not doing, but if you have to, I just hope everyone practices good social distancing, um, six, eight feet away from everyone. Um, But if you're locked down in your house like we are, uh, there's a lot of fun things that you can do and and figure out.
1: Now... (laughs) Once you see this video, I'm going to tell you what your reaction will probably be like. Ah! <laughs> what? I mean, Big Ben's beard—it it, is—it's Brett Kiesel-esque in its size. Ah! It's unbelievable, and it's hard to tell what kind of physical shape Big Ben is right now. But wow, wow. Well, we spent
3: this, the morning uh, figuring out curriculum ah! for the, for the next few weeks of homeschooling uh, for the kids and and putting together a great schedule. Um, And and there's some other fun things that we're going to discuss that you can do in the house. So, Bodie, what's your favorite thing to do? Playing charades. Playing charades. Very good.
1: Living in a rich house with a lumberjack dad who's the starting quarterback still, we think, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Okay. Headline, woman gives birth in toilet paper aisle of Walmart as customers cheer her on. Well, now. So where were you born? I don't really want to say. Nah, come on, man. Like hospital in the, in the shitter paper aisle of Walmart. A Missouri woman delivered her baby in, local, in a local Walmart earlier this week as her water broke. She was making way through the store's otherwise bleak paper goods section. A store employee held up a sheet, a cloth, not paper, for privacy, while firefighters and a nurse who happened to be in the Springfield store assisted the new mother on Wednesday. Customers stopped their shopping to encourage the woman and cheered as she and her baby were taken away by ambulance. You know, a feel-good moment, everyone's been through so much with a baby it's like everything comes full circle 45 minutes is all it took and of course with no paper products i bet the floor was a goddamn mess still uh hopefully nobody got vertical video of it and they're posting it online Eh, you know the the kid's gonna grow up he's like "Ah, i don't want to see that for god's sakes speaking of toilet paper dateline greensboro north carolina with toilet paper with toilet paper flying off the shelves a North Carolina truck driver caused a stir when he was pulled over hauling 18,000 pounds of the bathroom product in a stolen trailer. (laughs) Uh, The cargo included a mixture of paper towels, toilet paper, and other commercial products. And yeah, that's apparently what it has come to. Also, Headline, couple furious when they're told they're not allowed to buy 552 cans of Mountain Dew. This, too, this due to coronavirus rationing at a Kroger store in Kentucky. The couple wanted to buy 23 cases of Mountain Dew. The man repeatedly shouted abuse at a worker as he tried to buy them but was refused. The woman he was with stopped him from walking out with three boxes and slammed two of them on the cash register counter. Of <laughs> course we want that out We got to get through this apocalypse with as much Mountain Dew as possible. Wow. Okay. And speaking of toilet paper, there's a website, howmuchtoiletpaper.com. Uh, it's, there you go, howmuchtoiletpaper.com. Uh, rolls you have and then toilet visits per day. I'm going to go one visit a day. Uh, 10, uh, 10 rolls we have in the house, but I've got four kids and three, well, four kids, I've got four people in the house. I've got two daughters and a wife. Let's say they use a little pat pat multiple times per day. I think I know how female urination works in civilized society. I'm going to go four visits per day, 10 rolls, 40 days, 40 days, 10 rolls will last. Wow. Let's say we had stocked up. Let's say we had gotten a 48 pack of toilet paper, four visits per day. Your toilet paper will last 192 days. <laughs> In other words, slow down people on the buying of the toilet paper. The IOC has set a four week deadline on what they're going to do with the Olympic Games in Tokyo this coming July. I think it's becoming more apparent that they are not going to happen on time. The IOC said they will make the decision one way or the other. They say that cancellation is not. Being considered, saying such an action would, quote, not solve any of the problems or help anybody. But postponing could be the case. Now, you postpone by a full year. Do you postpone until the fall? How much postponing are we talking about? A number of uh, federations and agencies are starting to come and weigh in saying, you know what? It's about time to go ahead and punt this thing back. In For the reasons that, you know, there's training that has to go on. There's qualifying that has to go on. And then so in addition to you don't want the athletes to overtrain in a short period of time when right now gyms are closed and training facilities are closed worldwide. Also, the qualification process and that calendar will be highly compressed. Who knows what the global travel restrictions will be uh, by the time we get to July. It seems like a long way away, but, you know... It could still be a tangled mess by then, probably will be at least compromised in some regard. And then on top of all that, this is a point I never thought of, testing. One uh, person said they don't want it to be known as the dirtiest games ever because of the fact that so much of the world's laboratory testing is consumed with coronavirus that it'll be easier to cheat like a mofo and easier to cheat while no one's running around testing you as an athlete that any Olympic medals won at the uh, uh, Tokyo Games would likely be tainted, at least in that regard. Food for thought. They got four weeks to make a decision. The NBA is already starting to mull, hmm. Depending on our timeline, how would we ramp the season back up? There's way too many questions right now. To really get much traction on this, but uh, there's a good piece by Michael Shapiro on sportsillustrated.com about five storylines that could dominate a restarted, rebooted NBA season. Storyline at one is a well-rested LeBron seizes a fourth ring because this benefits him tremendously. Already LeBron was playing great for his age. And an extra three months can only help him recover and recuperate more. He is a fitness freak, so you know he's going to stay in great shape without playing games and doing sort of you know body damage, getting banged around out there. And this will definitely help him. Scenario two, the Sixers get healthy and sprint to the finals. Both Embiid and Simmons will be healthy by the time the games resume. And maybe more importantly, S.I. writes, Simmons could do some soul-searching during these quarantine times and join the 21st century as an offensive player. The Sixers' defense remains suffocating. No team is a counter for Joel Embiid at his best. Perhaps Philly can string together three strong series en route to an unlikely finals appearance. The NBA, uh, number three. Scenario number three. The Warriors sneak into the postseason via a play-in tournament. Uh, A play-in? I feel like getting my... Oh, I actually should, should do have this. No, I don't have it turned on right now. <laughs> Good work there. Uh, the NBA is reportedly examining a string of potential changes when the league returns, including a postseason play-in tournament that could give Golden State a fighting chance. Steph Curry is back healthy. Draymond Green is getting some much-needed rest. In theory, Clay Thompson could make an early return. Although, would you really want to risk it? Granted, SI says it's a pie-in-the-sky idea, but without games being played, why not dream? Scenario four, Giannis and the Bucs roll to a title. Bucs have been the best team in basketball through 60 games. Giannis could very well win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. John Horst has tailored a roster that fits Budenholzer's system like a glove. And Milwaukee seems primed to make that run to the finals. Also, Giannis has made big strides with his jumper in just 12 months. Middleton's in the middle of a great season. And he single-handedly torched Boston last year in the playoffs. Actually, 2018 playoffs, two years ago. And then scenario number five to watch for in the NBA when it does finally ramp up again, Zion steals rookie of the year. Now, rookie of the year race is not exactly close because Ja Morant of Murray State has been fantastic. Zion's only logged 19 games, but he is really showing out. Could the Duke product close the gap? It's a long shot, but it's not impossible. couple conditions necessary for Williamson to win rookie of the year. One is the NBA would need to play a full regular season. That's not happening. Secondly, the Pelicans would need to make the playoffs, and that's probably a coin flip. New Orleans is three and a half games behind the Grizzlies for number eight in the playoffs, so maybe even less than a coin flip. I am, generally speaking, not that big of an NBA fan. I mean, I'm a big NBA playoff fan, not regular season. When all this gets ramped up again, when all the switches get turned on, I'm all over it. I mean, everything is gonna taste so good. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like a, a a a a starving man or a dehydrated man finally getting to drink from a water hose. You're just gonna be pouring it all over your face. It's gonna be glorious. All right, couple other things, and then we'll put a wrap on it for tonight. So I got Netflix up and running on my Sony TV that is in the sort of the bar area. It's one of my many TVs soaking up many dollars of stupid Directv satellite box money, but it has a feature, a built-in smart feature, and the remote for the TV itself has a beautiful white button with red letters saying Netflix. Boom, one button push, you're into Netflix. I got that all set up, and I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm sitting down there enjoying some breakfast, you know, noodling around on the internet, and. I'm watching Netflix and I say, you know what? Parks and Rec. Everyone tells me, save you love the office. You'd love Parks and Rec. Give Parks and Rec a try. Oh my God. You are going to love, uh, what's his name? The main character, uh, on Parks and Rec. Not Amy Poehler, uh, but the guy, Ron Swanson. Okay. I started watching the first episode. It did not go well. Now, I know you might say, you got to get into it, give it time. Uh, you know, some series take a while to hit their stride. Look at how bad Seinfeld was early on. And I say, you're right. That's a good point. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Basically, I'm looking at Amy Poehler as a cheap female knockoff of Michael Scott. Irrationally optimistic, way too gung ho about her job. And the jokes just, I don't, they're not landing. Now, I, I watched the episode, first episode, watch, watch. And then I started to drift off and not pay attention as the episodes kept rolling. After the third episode, I looked up because I had noticed that, oh, what happened? TV stopped playing. And as I look up, I see, um, it says, are you still watching the office? Are Sorry. Are you still watching parks and rec? So, I guess Netflix does that. I don't, I'm not on Netflix a lot. People just binge and binge and binge. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, you know, you, you, are you still watching? Cause otherwise we'll just turn it off and stop using bandwidth. Are you asleep? Did you die? What's going on? I just don't think I'm ever going to be a fan, but I tried it. Couple of optimistic things about the coronavirus. And none of them involve our politicians. First of all, I had a wild thought of, wouldn't it be great if we could, at the end of this, coming up in the fall, have a special election in which we replace every single one of our politicians, every single one of our governors. We freeze in place the um, Democrat-Republican mixture, the ratio But we we wipe them all out. I mean, wouldn't that be great? I know. They are people that are using whatever tools they can in the fog of war in real time to try to save lives. I get it. It's not easy. But one of the big frustrations is just that you feel like you've got such asshats running the country. And wouldn't it be great to replace them all? I mean, would we really do worse with a special election that said, look, it would essentially be side-by-side. They'd be side-by-side, whatchamacallit. They'd be side-by-side primaries because we're not changing the Democrat-Republican mix. We're just replacing these assets with new assets. Maybe that wouldn't solve anything. Uh, But the other optimistic thing is that they are coming up, you know, testing is ramping up, ramping up ramping up it can't ramp up fast enough try to get a better picture of where this thing is how we can curtail it how we can you know tamp down the hot spots but apparently there's a 45 minute test a 45 minute test that does not have to be done in a sort of hospital setting if that's true and if that test works wow that would be a game changer And then if you need a little something, maybe light, just to end on, George Carlin, may he rest in peace, had this great riff about Americans and germs many
2: years ago. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing. Germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, Salmonella, E. coli, Hantavirus, bird flu, and and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that, and overcooking their food, and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths. In prisons, before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. (laughs) It's true, it's true, it's true, well, well, they don't want you to get an infection, and you can see their point, wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick, it would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution, fear of germs, why these fucking pussies. You can't even get a decent hamburger anymore. They cook the shit out of everything now, because everybody's afraid of food poisoning. Hey, where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? You know how many people die in this country from food poisoning every year? 9,000, that's all, it's a minor risk. Take a fucking chance, bunch of goddamn pussies. Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. (laughs) So, so listen. So listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs. What are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're fucking weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. uh,
1: By the way, I am not at all saying that you should just disregard what they're telling us to do right now to tamp this thing down. Not at all. I just present that as George Carlin at... Some of his finest. And you could do worse uh, during this uh, quarantine period uh, to go into a deep wormhole looking up George Carlin monologues and stand up routines from years ago. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate everyone who has chimed in and told me they are thankful for the bit of normalcy as the regular schedule of Zabecast continues unabated. Hell, what else do I have to do? I mean, I'm still working. I'm privileged and honored that I am still doing my two radio shows on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and as well uh, on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. And we're going to have a lot of fun this week and keep your mind off all this and press ahead with all the kind of stuff we can find outside of that daily dread and worry. So thanks for listening. Have yourself a good Monday. Be productive. Get outside. Take the dog for a walk. Connect with your friends, even from a good space, a safe distance. And keep your chin up. We'll get through it. We'll get it done. And we will see you next time.
0: At Kroger, fresh groceries are our thing, so we check your delivery order for freshness at every step from farm to store and pick and pack every veggie in your free pickup order with care, because we treat your food the way we'd want ours to be treated. We're fresh every day, so shop anyway. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.